Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is like food poisoning. It'll come out both ends, but don't worry, it'll be over soon. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on summer. (laughs) That's all I got to say. Summer is here. Uh, On tonight's show, we're going to talk about lighters in pipe parts, uh, particularly about refillable lighters in pipe parts. And then my guest is a member of the Pipe Club of London. His name is Phil Bennett. So we hop across the pond and talk to Phil. And then we'll have music, mailbag, and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Um, Yeah, so I mentioned uh, summer (laughs) because it just turned hot and nasty. All at the same time while we're having our air conditioner replaced. (laughs) It's been hot and nasty. Uh, couldn't have picked a better time to do it, I guess, could we? Anyway, remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. And I've got two announcements that we'll do right now. Um, one, I will be missing the uh, NASPC Columbus show. I won't be able to make it because we have tickets for a concert on that Friday night here in Charlotte, so I'll miss out on that. However, uh, the good news is I will be at the... Uh, the Richmond Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers and Sutliff Tobacco all-day long event at the Sutliff Factory. I will be there, and not only will I be there, but I am bringing recording equipment, and I will be recording you. So come by the show, come sit down with me on a microphone, and we'll get a chance to talk about you and uh, what you thought of the event and what you picked up, what you learned. All that stuff, I'll be there all day. They've got an entire day of stuff planned from pipe show starting at 9 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock and then factory tours and then they're talking about music and beer trucks and food trucks all all day long and into the night. So I'm looking forward to that. That's coming up in October. Um, dates for any and all pipe shows, go to pipesmagazine.com, click on pipe shows and you'll see dates and links if they're available. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. All right, lighters seem to be a hot topic because I've had um, two questions about uh, two questions about where to get my Dejeep lighters, and if I can't get my local tobacconist to carry them, which I'm very lucky to have a uh, to have a lovely local tobacconist in McCraney's, and they will order them for me. Um, if I can't get them there, I've been able to order them on Amazon. So check Amazon. And uh, apparently there's a shortage of them. Well, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, the other question was from uh, Quincy Worthington that wanted to, wanted me to kind of uh, review 
uh, different refillable lighters because he doesn't like wasting money on the uh, or throwing away the uh, throwing away disposable lighters. Uh, you know, good refillable lighters that aren't five million dollars. Well, I mean that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a narrow group. So here's what I did: I went to smokingpipes.com and went to their lighters under accessories and in price order. The IMCO, I-M-C-O, lighters are back. IMCO lighters are back. They're plastic. They've got a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a metal or a decorative wrapping to them. But uh, IMCO has been around, according to their website, since 1918. And, you know, made the, uh, uh, made the original trench lighter. What I like about IMCOs is that they have a very simple tamper built into them. All right, there was a yeah, it's it's a lighter that's got a tamper built into it, and it's refillable. Um, I'm not quite sure if the the flint must be replaceable too. And on uh, smoking pipes, they're going to cost you nineteen dollars and twenty cents. They come in a different couple of different colors. Uh, only the gold one with all the pipes on it is in stock right now. I do know that they're good, reliable lighters. Uh, again, the only reason I stick with my Dejeeps is that they're two bucks a piece. And you know, if I lose them, I don't cry $20 lighter. I might start to cry, uh, as we go up in price, then there's the John Aylesbury, which is a tobacco brand, uh, the John Aylesbury pipe lighter. And that's got a dramatically more angled, uh, a more angled, uh, flame all right it comes directly out of the side and these are getting up around 36 dollars. they've got tampers built into them and i've seen lighters like these uh very similar in style very solid heavy weight uh my only concern with them is that uh you know the with the tamper and the poker and the and the little scoop in them the tank may be a little smaller than what you would want to take out with you for a week or so. That's my only thought with them. Other than that, they're good solid lighters, good feel to them. And again, then you, you, you know, with the, with this and with the Imco, you don't need to worry about carrying another, carrying a tamper with you. Although you may want your favorite tamper, but you're looking at 36, $38 for the John Aylesbury, uh, moving up in price. My friend Eric Stokeby has come out with some lighters that are uh, a soft flame, lower cost version of what looks like the uh, the old boy lighter or the uh, or the unique lighter from Dunhill, and these are uh, retail forty seven dollars on sale at for uh, thirty eight. I personally haven't seen them before, but knowing Eric, that if he brought them out, you know what, they're probably going to be pretty reliable. Uh, then we got a price jump and Peterson has lighters, um, and they come in, you know, again, you're, you're talking about colors and you're talking about a good quality fit, uh, different finishes available and they're 80 bucks and they look surprisingly like the Karibi lighter that also that smoking pipes carries except for a slightly different, um, uh, different lever on the, on the lift lid that comes down and blocks out. But these are both old boy styles. They're 
both really well made. I don't own either one of them because you know what? I just don't, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to the expensive lighters when <laughs> in a minute here, but good, solid feel, reliable, and uh, gonna get, gonna give you a lot of service. And again, just solid feeling pieces. Now you're gonna jump up in price to a, the I am Corona old boy and the old boys, depending on decoration, run from $115 all the way up to 200 or so. And the I am Corona has been around for years. It's got, you know, again, you can get them repaired. Uh, you know, just great lighters, but not what the original question was on the uh, low-priced ones. Uh, you want to go up even further than that? Well, then you're up into the Silums old boys. And what Silums does in Germany is they take the I am Corona old boy and they decorate it and they'll put silver or gold jackets on it. They'll do all kinds of fancy stuff to it. They're gorgeous. I would cry if I lost one because you're looking at a $300 plus lighter up to five, $600 for some of the more ornate styles. And then there's the classic. Uh, I'm going to leave ST DuPont out of this because ST DuPont makes wonderful lighters. However, their cartridge refill system is a pain in the butt and they're not real pipe friendly. Uh, but the classic is Dunhill. And Dunhill has been making lighters since World War I. Uh, Dunhill lighters come in two styles. Uh, the unique is the one with the little hammer lid that closes down. And then the roll of gas is the one that's a rectangular piece. Uh, you can get either one made with a pipe flame which just means that the flame comes out the side of the little nozzle instead of the top. Uh, personally, I own a couple of roll of gases and I really need to get them cleaned up. I'll be honest with you. I really need to get them cleaned up and use them occasionally because right now they're just kind of sitting there. Uh, I prefer the feel of the roll of gas. I prefer the feel of you know, or the ability to turn the roll of gas on its side without getting the flame near any part of it. Uh, the roll of gas is, uh, really nice and heavy in your pocket. Uh, a roll of gas is going to start out around $500 and work its way up from there. And the Dunhill uniques are going to be around, well, I guess there's some around as low as 475 and they'll work their way up from there. So you're talking about an investment piece right there. All right, there's a rundown of lighters for you. I use the Jeeps, uh, and I use uh, free lighters. <laughs> so, whatever I can get for free or my the Jeeps. Comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or you can post them right there on the Pipes Magazine radio show page for on, uh, for, on Pipes Magazine. And in just a minute, Phil Bennett. This is Internet Radio. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. 
Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell & Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us from across the pond, the mother country from England is a member of the Pipe Club of London, a pipe smoker. Phil Bennett, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hi, Brian. How are you? Uh, good. So you guys haven't uh, you haven't Brexited yet, which is OK. Um, so that means we can still communicate because apparently you're not going to leave the planet either. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to have you because I always like talking to people from different countries and I'm familiar with England, uh, but it's also rare because I think you're the second um, non-industry person that is just a pipe smoker and pipe enthusiast that, uh, that we've had on the Pipes Magazine radio show. So uh, let, let's get to know you. What part of England did you grow up in? Okay, I grew up near the uh, a little market town called uh, Buckingham, which you might pronounce as Buckingham. Yes. <laughs> um, it's probably 20 miles from Oxford, which probably most people have heard of. Yeah, I uh, believe there's a college there. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple of colleges there. That's true. Yeah, and um, and isn't somebody named Harry Potter somewhere around that area too? Well, I don't know why they have Harry Potter there, because I think Hogwarts was somewhere up in Scotland, but for some reason Oxford have taken the Harry Potter thing and they've ran with it. But <laughs> it brings in the tourists, so, well, I'll, you know, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, it looks like Harry Potter. I'll give them that. There you go. So when did when did pipe smoking come into your life? Ah, well... Um, I was I was young, 17, 18. Um, all my friends smoked cigarettes, and I didn't really want to smoke cigarettes, so I um, decided to pick up a pipe and some tobacco and smoke a pipe instead. I wanted to join them in smoking, but I just didn't really want to do the cigarette thing. So, yeah, 30-odd years ago, I picked up a... Um, a pipe from a tobacconist and a, a tin of uh, gold block, which I sort of carried on with for the next several years till today. Wow. Not the same tin of gold block, of course. You, you had to buy a few more since then. <laughs> I did. Yeah. 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 So you actually, uh, you actually started, I mean, you were lucky enough to have started back when in your little market town of Buckingham, Mm -hmm. there would have been a, a local tobacconist where you'd walk in and there'd be pipes and cigars and tobaccos lining the shelves. And uh, if I, if I'm going to picture it correctly, maybe enough room for four people to stand in the store at the same time. Well, our, yeah, yeah. Our tobacconist was more of a news agency. You could go in to buy newspapers and stuff, but he did have a section of, 
rolling tobacco, pipe tobacco, a couple of off-the-counter cigars, um, a couple of tins of snuff, that sort, yeah. Um, it wasn't a full-blown British tobacconist. You'd have to go into Oxford or um, some of the bigger towns, Banbury. But um, he, he had plenty of choices. Uh, so what was the pipe that you purchased? I bought a Hardcastle, Dublin shape, quite a big pipe. And I, I think I paid around 25 pounds for it which was a fair amount of money i still have the pipe yeah um yeah big huge chunk of briar you could knock somebody out with it <laughs> i mean especially for you were still probably a student at that point so <laughs> oh i was and and um i had no earthly idea that you weren't supposed to inhale <laughs> or so or exhale I inhaled for several years <laughs> Until I thought, you know, I can't really breathe anymore when I walk around and somebody sort of <laughs> told me the proper way of doing it. So did, um, you, did you automatically start with smoking your pipe all day long and, and or was it just something that you started with just for the evening time? Or Yeah, it was the evening time going to the, um, the pub. We had a pub in our village where I lived and... Um, you know, with a beer or something. I wasn't doing it all day long, but it shortly changed to whenever I could get away with it, uh, <laughs> partly because I was inhaling all the time and <laughs> fairly addicted to the stuff. But, um, yeah, um, around that time, you know, people could still smoke in the office at work. Um, you know, the, everyone would have their ashtray out, cigars, pipes, cigarettes, whatever you wanted. Oh. It wasn't probably until early 90s over here where that was sort of knocked on the head uh, so since you became a pipe smoker what did you end up doing or what do you do for a profession because you're not in the tobacco industry no i'm not no I'm just a lover of it um so i'm a, a software developer um programmer whatever and so i've sort of been doing that all my adult career so the I guess the the pipe kind of balances with that technology, and you, then you get a chance to just sit back and be very untechnical when you're sitting and smoking your pipe. Exactly. So I've got my pipe, you know, like I've got it now. I won't be, I won't be on a computer. I won't be reading social media feeds or anything like that. Um, just sort of concentrating on the scenery and sort of you know kicking back and taking it easy which is the the whole point of pipe smoking now is a pipe still just an even is it still a, is it an evening kind of thing for you now or do you sneak out in the middle of the work day for your lunch break if the weather's nice enough well i i tend to take my pipe so i have about a 40 minute commute i tend to smoke a pipe in the morning on the way in one on the way home. Um, I might get a little bit of one in lunchtime and then finish finish a bowl on the at the end of the day. So if I'm, you know, maybe a three bowl a day guy, maybe more on the weekends. Yeah, and with uh, in, with the prices of pipe tobacco in England, 
that's not yeah. a cheap uh, that's not a cheap daily routine no it's not but it's still i mean a, if you smoke cigarettes here a packet of cigarettes is um well over 10 pounds now so in dollar terms what is that, 16 17 dollars no you're you're old it's now down to 13 dollars Oh yeah, yeah, it's the Brexit thing again. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, the temptation for guys like me to order from uh, your side of the pond is um, hard to resist at times. <laughs> yeah. Before we started recording, I talked about me moving to England and then not not being able to afford the duties on my tobacco collection. So that's the end of that idea. Um, how long before you started buying other pipes after you bought that Hardcastle? Yeah. Um, I reckon I smoked a couple of years with that, just that pipe. And um, my dad gave me a pipe. So I kind of had two forever. And um, as I say, I only smoked the one tobacco. I didn't really think about, you know, there's this world of tobacco out there. To me, it was just like, you know, if you smoke cigarettes, you just smoke one kind of cigarette. You don't think about trying others. So it was probably five or six years before I really started looking at other pipes and, and buying them. Because until I got that love, I, I love the tobacco, but I didn't really see myself collecting pipes like, you know, I might do today. So probably mid-90s before all that started happening. And then, you know, it was probably another 10 years until I decided on a whim one night to look on the Internet to see if there were other pipe smokers. <laughs> and that <laughs> opened up a world of uh, empty wallets and <laughs> hidden parcels and you know, <laughs> all that. Dashed, dashed dreams of owning that magnificent pipe that you've only seen pictures of, but if you purchased it, you'd be homeless and, uh, and wouldn't have any food. You got it. You've got it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so how many pipes do you own at the moment? Uh, I've just had a clear out, so I'm not too bad. I've got about maybe 45 pipes. So in terms of pipe collecting, it's a uh, rather, you know, modest, <laughs> Yeah, it's Don't a, ask me about my cellar. No, I won't ask you about your cellar. <laughs> we we won't talk about that because you might actually have a cellar in England where your tobacco is stored underground in this nice, cool, dark area, and you've been stockpiling tobaccos for years, and now you have all this wonderful stuff. And then I'd be then you'd have people lining up at your door trying to barge into your cellar. Yeah, something like that. For years, I kept two cellars. I had what I'd call my auxiliary cellar. That was the <laughs> cellar my wife knew about. And then I had a garage around the corner where I kept old tools and things like that with several boxes of tobacco. But one day, I came into the garage, and uh, I found a bunch of furniture in there from our house. And my wife was saying, I found quite a bit of tobacco in your <laughs> In the garage, and I was rumbled. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised she talked to you afterwards. <laughs> she, uh, she took it surprisingly well, whether it's one of these revenge is best served cold things, and she's going to um, 
surprise me with something one day. We'll yet to find out. But I'm still here. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> that is a perfect spot for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Pipe Club of London and some of the guests that you guys have had. It's, I mean, it seems like a great group. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Savinelli Pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark, and like you, there can only be one Savinelli. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Phil Bennett, and uh, so you have a you have a modest pipe collection and a uh, and you have a uh, you have a tobacco cellar that's undescribed and uh, and in a discreet location. Now that your wife has discovered it, um, tell us about the Pipe Club of London. I mean, when when did you when did you join in with them? Okay. Um... Not that long ago, probably about four years ago. Um, I just went on their website and saw that they did trips to um, a local um, pipe carver once or twice a year. So I thought I would just join based on on that and um, um started from there so you know twice a year they met at the they meet at Blake Marbriars which is um you might have heard of them an English pipe company um it's a collection of collection of fairly regular people um turn up once a month to JJ Fox's in London well they you know you've probably been there Brian they you yeah. know it's a, a cigar lounge and um they do pipes and it's very elegant and you can go downstairs and look at winston churchill memorabilia and things like that <laughs> so it's got a lot of really great history to it and then once a month they also meet in um, a pub just on the outskirts of london and i occasionally uh, though i have to admit because of the smoking rules over here it's outdoor smoking i I tend to be a fair weathered smoker, <laughs> so I don't go to as many meetings as I probably should. Uh, but that's every month without fail. Those, those meetings go on, so they do two a month. And the and the way we got in contact is you have a friend of mine. Um, mostly, most people know him as Bob Gregory from uh, Samuel Goweth. Um, I refer to him as Bub. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I like that. Bub is retiring or uh, becoming a pensioner and is coming down to speak with you guys and show stuff off. And I, I guess he's done that before or comes down a couple times a year. Yeah, so twice twice a year Bob will um, um, arrive with a table full of Samuel Gareth blends, um, bulk boxes and every kind of tin they possibly make. Lays him out on the table for the duration of the, you know, the two or three hours the club meets. You could buy whatever you like. He's always there with the story and, you know, 
there's probably not much about the tobacco world that guy doesn't know, I don't think. A, a story in one mouth and a pint in the other mouth. Oh, and a pint in the other. If money's involved, he's right there. He's yeah. right there for sure. <laughs> uh, but you've also you've had some other noted people that have come and presented to the pipe club. Yeah. Um, so in times gone by before um, before I joined, I know um, Bill Ashton Taylor was a regular of the club and used to bring his pipes along and um, people could buy them at a very decent price. Um, some months they've had um, guys like from Mastro de Paia and various carvers from Italy and abroad have, have come to, to speak. Um, each month, you know, there's a bit of a theme. As I say, twice a year, we go to a, a pipe factory, have a meeting. They will occasionally um, um, have a theme of maybe meerschums for the night. So people will bring in meerschums. I've seen where they've done metal pipes. So people bring in their falcons and those sort of things. So there's always a, there's always a theme. Um, I have to admit that I've not been there when they've been a notable guest. But that doesn't mean they don't do them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just means that I... I, I so uh, along with Bob, they've, um, there's a, another guy called... Um, um, God, I'm on the radio now, so I've lost my memory. But... Um, um, Northern Briars. Ian Walker. Ian Walker, thank you. I knew Ian, but I was trying to remember his surname. So Ian Walker comes a couple of times a year with all of his uh, treasures as well. He's sort of our resident pipe carver men uh, member. <laughs> um, he, if you don't know, he he lives in a narrowboat. Yep. Um, which you'd probably have to Google it to understand what I'm talking about, but it's basically a, a narrow boat, quite long, that people live on. And he's got his actual factory there, as it were, is all his tools. And once a year, he opens that up and invites another pipe club. I think the Pipe Club of Birmingham, and they have a big sort of gathering between the Pipe Club of London, the Pipe Club of Birmingham, and um, again, Bob will turn up and, you know, we've had some pretty good days there as well. Right there on the canal, have a picnic and uh, smoking competitions, that sort of thing. Can't do smoking competitions over here like you guys can now, but um, you can when you're in somebody's back garden. <laughs> and you can, you just can't tell people and nobody's allowed to see it. Yeah, correct. And no tobacco, of course, must change hands. <laughs> oh, well, of course not. Of course not. No. Um, speaking of tobacco, what? how much is a 50-gram tin of a decent tobacco cost right now? So most tobacco now is getting close to 15 pounds a tin. Um, there's some tobaccos, when Dunhill was still in production... That was closer to 15, that was closer to maybe 16 pounds. Um, we've got Cheriton now have replaced Dunhill over here with sort of similar blends. That's probably some of the more expensive tobacco, 16 pounds, 50 grand 
tins. If you want to buy loose tobacco, you can generally get that for about £13 for 50 grams. Have you tried any of the Cheriton tobacco yet? I tried the um, 965 match the other the other month at a friend's house, and it was pretty good. It was quite close. I haven't tried any of the others, but I think most of the blends have got um, a, a replacement or... They don't call them a replacement. They call them a um, tribute. <laughs> oh, very nice. A tribute. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, a tribute. Yeah. yeah. That's just in case. Yes. Or the, in in homage of. That's the word. In homage of. There we go. I know go. <laughs> in, in Germany they've got a, a range of um, Robert McConnell versions um, of the same thing. I think they're done by Kohlhaas and Kopp. Yeah. I suspect they're the same tobacco, but I don't know. So the lucky thing that you have in in the UK now is you don't have the American FDA, which is making it very tough now to introduce or import a brand new tobacco because it, in order for the for the US government, it has to be on the market since 2007. So at least in, <laughs> I have a feeling shortly you will see some Americans uh, starting to order tobacco on the internet from Europe and England. Yeah, yeah, just like we do from you. Um, we don't really get that many new blends over here because England and the UK now is a, such a small market that. You know, we had the Dunhill replacements, and I think um, Eric Stockerby blends have suddenly come in. But when we get the new McBaron, they release a new HH blend. We don't tend to see them. Uh, Germany um, and the continent, they, they tend to get them before we do. So we're kind of in the same boat, really. But just, it's a kind of a stagnant market. Fortunately, we've got both of the. Gaworth houses and we've got Germain's pretty readily available here so you know we're not doing too badly in terms of quality tobacconists now you have a bunch of Americans looking at plane tickets to England <laughs> to come buy their Germain stuff and buy it and bring it back here and mark it up and sell it to pay for their plane tickets ah but we can't get the esoterica you know they changed the label and there's guys <laughs> over here are just as crazy about buying the tobacco from over there because it's it's esoterica. <laughs> well, we won't talk about that. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> uh, do you do you often see another pipe smoker just when you're out and about at home, or is it only when the pipe club meets? So, um, in the little village I live in, there used to be a chap who smoked a pipe and. When I saw him smoke a pipe, I'd go and walk around with them. But I'd say around here, nobody. If I'm in a pub or in town and I see somebody smoke a pipe, I actually make a point of walking over to them and asking them what they're smoking. So yeah, they're they're rare, rare as hen's teeth, I would say. Oxford's not so bad. You'll you'll tend to see people smoking cigars or these days vaping more than you know yeah. you'll ever see a pipe smoker. But uh, there are a few about. And is there still a full-service tobacconist in Oxford for you? Yeah, yeah. The, there's a, been a tobacconist there since I can remember. 
Um, it used to be Frederick Tranters. Now it's called Havana House. They cater a little bit more to the cigar market, as I think most tobacconists do. But um, you can pretty much get any blend you want. And um, things like snuff and... Yeah, yep. so you walk in and they've got a they've got a good selection of everything, but not a complete selection of everything. Not a complete selection of everything. We've got some good online brick and mortars here that um, you can get everything from. But the yeah, it, there's not much that they can't get for you. And there's a good selection of pipes, all ranges from some of the more expensive Dunhills to Petersons and. Ben Wade's and you know, a bit more working man's prices. And being a uh, a proper British gentleman, do your does your pipe collecting lean towards English pipes? I do try to support the carvers over here, um, so I'd say yes. But I I, I do buy American pipes as well. Um, I like to buy from. Uh, Ian Walker, Northern Briars, Blake Mar Briars, I, um, Chris Kelly Eldritch Pipes, which you may have heard of him. Um, those guys, because, um, you know, again, uh, again, some, uh, both uh, Mike and Ian are, um, they're getting on a little bit. I don't know how long they'll be around. So, you know, I, I do worry about the state of... <laughs> how many carvers are coming in to take their places. But um, I like a lot of American carvers as well. So I, if something really takes my fancy, I've, um, I've bought plenty from over there. And then plenty of factory pipes as well along the way. Is the estate or pre-owned uh, pipe market is that something in in the British uh, in the pipe shops or on the on the British websites? Um, not I can't recall seeing an estate pipe in a pipe shop, um, but the eBay market is um, pretty buoyant. Um, every time I go to something called a car boot sale, I tend to find old pipes. So there's plenty about. Um, there's a, a few sites, you know, that specialize in estate pipes over here, websites only. But um, I've never actually seen estate pipes in a pipe shop like you guys have over there. So I'm going to translate car boot sale because that yeah, that's kind of an American yeah. version of a flea market where you load up your junk into the trunk of your car and yeah. meet in a field or a parking lot and open it up and sell out of the boot of your car which is also the trunk trunk you've been to one haven't you yes no yes. i drive a mini cooper we have bonnets and boots <laughs> well you won't get much in a boot of a mini no you get a lot of smiles that's all you need yeah but usually <laughs> you can find uh, week after week i could find granddad's pipe at a car boot sale <laughs> and have most you... of them are caked to the point where you couldn't fit a pencil into the bowl. <laughs> Have you found any any real jewels at the at the boot sales? I did find a really nice Dunhill um, uh, shell from I you know from the early seventies. It just needed a bit of a bit of love, but um, 
and then I found plenty of, I found some, um, found an old barling once. I'd say it was probably pre-World War. Um, a few old meerschaums. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, old um, Bakelite backy flaps that used to be popular once upon a time in good condition. You just have to, you just have to frequent these places. But You have to it, get up uh, early in the morning and go to them. Yeah. Most of the time, though, it's a pile of bent old falcons. With, you can't unscrew the bowl. They're so caked, you can't do anything with them. But, um, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, but that's part of the fun of it. It is. I still, I, to be honest, I still probably end up buying them anyway. But, uh. <laughs> Phil, we will wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? Uh, say that... Um, Hardcastle Dublin, that was my first ever pipe. And it's still a long-time friend of yours. Oh, yes. And what is your favorite tobacco? Uh, I'll say uh, Wessex Burley Slice. Ooh. That's, uh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Now, for, for a Brit, you better answer this very carefully. <laughs> what is your favorite drink? Well, I, I could say a nice cup of tea, couldn't I? But yeah. um, it is black coffee, I'm afraid. Well, that's okay. Do, yeah. you, do you have a favorite coffee shop? Um, it's Well, it's something called Costa Coffee, which is fairly common over here. It's probably Very more good. common than Starbucks. Yeah, I, I tend to like their coffee. Very good choice. Very good choice. Thank you. I will, when I'm in England, I will walk across, I'll walk down a block to go to Costa instead of going to Starbucks or something else. Uh, in fact, I brought back a, uh, my souvenir from when my daughter was in Manchester is a Costa coffee Christmas ceramic travel coffee cup. It's beautiful. Oh, well, there you go. I don't use it. I just look at it. Um, <laughs> when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? A book, followed by music, yeah. And then, uh, well, it must be a Sherlock Holmes novel. Because, um, <laughs> well, that's you have that in Shakespeare. That's all I know about English. Well, that's all we yeah. read here, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then there's Tolkien, and then there's uh, that new girl that wrote the Harry Potter stories. And, oh, yeah, what's her name? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, some guy named Milne wrote about a teddy bear. Um yeah, you got oh. there's a few authors there. That's uh, true. And he's written some good pipe stuff actually. Yeah. 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 Um <laughs> and finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? I'd say it was um just the great times we always have when we have our UK pipe shows. Uh, we've got one coming up at the end of the month and it's just a great time when you just get a bunch of Guys around the table swapping tobacco, shooting the breeze, as you say. Um, not one in specific, but just those big gatherings where you get those th that group of people together. Just, just met some awesome people in my life, you know, from all walks of life. That if I don't think if I was a pipe smoker, I would ever get to meet. Y and you, you know exactly what I mean. 
Yeah, it really is. It's the camaraderie of the pipe of the pipe smokers and the fact that you may be sitting there and I always tell the story. You may be sitting there with a tow truck driver and a thoracic surgeon who's the top of his, you know, one of the top rated in the world, but they both smoke pipes and they both are sitting there talking to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've met journalists. I've met priests, you name it, you know, just people I would just never talk to otherwise. Yeah, it's a great group of people. Phil, you have nothing to sell, so there you go. Um, thank you <laughs> thank you very much for coming on and doing this. And uh, one day I hope to come and meet with you at the Pipe Club of London and, uh, if anything, get to Oxford and see the birthplace of my dear little girlfriend, the little blue Mini Cooper. Absolutely. You're welcome. And we'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, you can uh, do a Google search for uh, the Pipe Club of London, and you'll see some wonderful videos from their meetings on YouTube, and you'll see all kinds of pictures. They do a really good job of that. All right, for music, we are going to uh, my friend Jody Davis, uh, guitar player and pipe smoker. Uh, the Newsboys have their brand-new album is out, and this is the full album. This one is called This I Know. Where I find the sun 
album is entitled United, and it's now available for download on iTunes and streaming on Spotify and all those other places, and I'm sure you could actually buy, you know, like a real CD of it, too, if you could find a CD or record store. You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. In the mailbag, remember the email address, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at pipesmagazine.com, or you can uh, hit me up on Facebook or brian.levine at mei-travel.com. All right, uh, Nate Rose writes in regards to last week's show, fantastic interview. I was really entertained by this conversation between you and Kyle. I considered the career path of police, which I would have went with uh, went canine unit. Always great interviews, but I really want to thank you for introducing me to Disney Goes Metal. That's awesome. I'm a metalhead. <laughs> I am a metalhead. Anyone who follows me on Instagram already knows these metal songs will be in my rotation. Glad you liked it. Um, that was a lot of fun and uh, a little bit different than the music that we played this week. Um, let me get over here real quick. There we go. Click, click, click. And we're off and running. And Casey Ghost says, very good show. Kyle was a good guest. Nice to hear him talk about his work and dogs. I don't know why they can't get the sound right from show to show, but it is terrible. He's talking about the, uh, uh, about my rant. Uh, some shows you have to turn the sound way down on the others. You have to turn them way up. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I also heard uh, complaints and comments about uh, TV commercials. Uh, you know, it's the same old thing. Um, and TV commercials have always been played extra loud because they wanted you to make sure and hear the commercial if you happen to walk out of the room. Uh, on Facebook, uh, 
Luke writes, Hi, Brian. I greatly appreciate your radio show. May I ask how you wax your pipes? I forgot what show it was, but there was one where I think you said you wax after each use. I could be wrong. Uh, Luke, I wish I did wax after each use. I'm too lazy for that. And unfortunately, it you know, causes problems for me in the long run. Um, but I do know some people that use that obsidian oil and rub it in. And I know some people that just take a little carnauba wax on their fingers after each smoke and rub it in. Uh, carnauba wax or beeswax is what most uh, pipe makers use to make their stems bright and shiny. So as long as you wipe it down with uh, stuff and get it, you know, wipe down, get all your slobber off of it, everything should be fine. Uh, and then, uh, uh, well, or you could do what I do and wait until they're a mess and then have to buff them and then use uh, carnauba wax to try to clean them up. Or what I really should do is just send them off to somebody to have them really cleaned well. Uh, Mark Johnson said, remember back his uh, Sherlock Holmes book? Uh, Sherlock Holmes, it's coming out in, uh, in about two weeks. And he's got a review posted about it, but it's called Sherlock Holmes and the Case of the Undead Client. Book one of the unpublished case files of John H. Watson, M.D. It's a watch for it in a week or two. It'll be on Amazon and... Uh, all over the place, hopefully. So uh, if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, please make sure and uh, make sure and make sure and buy it. That's all I can say. Buy it, download it, do whatever, you know, order a real paper copy of it. Uh, and thanks to Jim Friedemann, who uh, I hung out with at McCraney's last week for about three hours. That was a great time. Glad we got to meet each other in person and sit and smoke. Uh, just had a, you know, just had a wonderful time. So, and remember if you're in the area, hit me up. I love to go to McCraney's. In fact, I'm doing that on Thursday. So get to meet another, another listener and travel wise. If you have an idea of, if you got some free time this summer, there are still some decent deals to be had for, uh, for cruises there's uh, some decent room rates at Walt Disney World right now for the summer. However, all Walt Disney World room rates are going to go kind of crazy come August. So <laughs> late August, so if you want to go to Disney World, yeah, you can't smoke inside the parks, but you can still smoke your pipe at the hotel at night. And, uh, you know, room rates are better than they've been <laughs> for a while over a summer because... Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is not opening yet, <laughs> opening the end of August. And uh, cruise lines are still doing some decent deals. So remember, email me, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. And even if you're, if you're traveling somewhere else and just want to bounce some ideas off of me, let me know. I'm happy to help you out. Had a couple of guys this past week that, you know, they asked my opinion and I told them what to do and how to book it themselves and get the best rates and... It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a big overseas trip or anything, but I'm happy to help and I get to chat with you. So there you go. All right. Rant time coming up next. This is Phil Morgan, general manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. 
Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. more a story of how not to do business so at our current house we had some work done by a handyman named mike and mike has a big company that has guys that works for him and does you know odd jobs and he did great work uh last month we started to get our old house ready for sale we tried renting it out and i'm never going to do that again that didn't work i hate that so we're getting it ready for sale and I call Mike and I tell him that my realtor has some jobs to do and I talk to Mike's lady in the office and I said, she has authorization to do whatever, you know, she can authorize work, send me the bill. Okay, here's what happens. Uh, the, bill, the bill comes to my realtor. She sends it to me. It happened to be the Tuesday before uh, the Tuesday is my family's arriving for my daughter's graduation. I'm getting ready to go to Chicago. Well, I kind of forgot about it. And by the time we were sending, uh, putting a check in the mail to him, it was the following Monday. And then that next Tuesday morning, the day after we'd put the check in the mail, uh, my realtor gets a nasty letter, a nasty email from this guy threatening to file a, you know, to report her to the realtor board and to file a lien on my house. Well, the minute I hear the word lean, that's legal action. The next thing that I should have done was just called a lawyer and said, uh, you want to talk to him about it and, and get him straightened out? No, instead I got uh, the, the, these emails go back and forth between the realtor and, and Mike, and he's just completely off the, he's completely unhinged. It's almost like he, you know, didn't take his, uh, you know, somebody pissed in his Fruit Loops that morning and yeah, he was just unhinged. So long story short, I got on the phone with Mike and told him that if he does anything, I'm coming after him and we're never going to use him again. And he got his money and I don't ever want to talk to him again. Imagine six days go by and you don't get paid. Well, you don't work for me anymore. All right, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. I really do like getting them and reading them. Uh, suggestions for shows, I got a lot of guests all lined up. And uh, thanks, <laughs> got a lot of guests lined up and got a few more to record. But if you have any com uh, suggestions for pipe parts, let me know. Tobacco blends that you want me to review. I've only got one more sitting over here waiting and waiting, and it's been waiting for a while. So. <laughs> Uh, and now that it's summertime, I got to open up my one can of Virginia and smoke that in the morning. So anyway, all right. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Phil Bennett for joining me. And Phil sent me some wonderful suggestions of guests from uh, England. And until next time. Happy trails. Until we meet again. Happy trails to you.
Pooh out of here, will you? He'll ruin me. <laughs>